Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of I Cast Fireball, an actual play 5e D&D adventure where we play through the campaign Tyranny of Dragons. I'm Thomas, and I'm your DM for this adventure. We have... Malamara. Lance Thalen. And Philippe. Our adventurers set off southeast to find proof that the prisoners were alive and bring them back alive for a reward of 250 gold pieces per adventurer if they were successful. Now, they, they made good time with Fleeple leading them on the trail until the sun was about to set, where Lance, uh, shockingly, was able to lead them towards a secluded clearing uh, where they could rest for the night. While on watch, Mal noticed smoke curling upwards not too far from their camp and decided to investigate. It was at this time that she was visited by a mysterious figure, where a discussion ensued on the gifts that they had given her, and that she had better use them or else they might be taken from her and given to another. Now, after discovering the inhabitants of a nearby camp, she woke her fellow comrades and uh, got lectured by Lance, who then, after the two other party members went to sleep, immediately went to go investigate. Well, after confirming what Mal had seen, and surprisingly failing a stealth roll, Lance did his best to push away his past that seemed to be catching up with him as he had thrown his lot in with the two individuals he now was watching over. Couldn't seem to shake the whispers that he had been hearing, in particular the whispers he had heard earlier that day in the town of Greenest. The final watch, Fleeple taking over, he discovered enemies stalking up to the camp, and a battle ensued with one member getting completely disintegrated by Moonbeam, which Ned and I realized, surprisingly, Moonbeam, you don't do damage immediately when you cast it, but they had such low health, they still would have been disintegrated anyway, so. With Lance and Fleeple both catching cultists alive, Lance questioned his privately about the blacksmith, and then after receiving a response, slit the throat of the cultist and made his way back to the one that was left alive. So, we come back to Mal and Fleeple standing over this cultist, and Lance following quickly behind, being just a few seconds behind them. This cultist recently being brought back to life from Fleeple and a healing word on him, just breathing, just panting, looking at both of you. There's an arrow in his side that he's uh, holding on. Um, I believe this was, yeah, this was one of the humans, because there was a half-orc, uh, an elf, and then two humans. So this is one of the humans, and is just staring at both Mal and Fleeple wide-eyed. And I'm actually feeling, you know, pretty happy about this situation. We, we got him to agree to give us some information. So I've got a big old smile on my face. I'm still, you know, kind of patting his wounds, trying to comfort him, and I'm like, all right, thank you very much for your kind donation of your information. Now, obviously you guys are out here doing something sort of mm, unsavory. What are you all about? We, we, <clears throat> we, we were just trying to make, make our way back to the camp. Just trying to get back and join up with the others, <laughs> you know. The others? Uh, yeah, well, you know, just, we got left behind, and, um, tried to plunder a little bit too much, and came up empty-handed, so we were forgotten about, and we were trying to make our way back. Oh, you flew too close to the sun. I know what it's like to be left behind and forgotten about, don't you worry, and I just pat the side of his face in what I 
uh, try to make a comforting gesture. Please, please don't hurt me. Oh, now, don't you worry. We're on the same team now. So, perhaps you can give us a bit more information about uh, these other individuals, about this camp that you're working your way back towards. Uh, well, uh, obviously, you are aware that Greenest was attacked. I imagine that's where you came from. Yes, I used to have a job, but it was, oh, it was kind of a dump, so I decided to get up and leave, you know, take a new direction with my life. Ah, well, we uh, have a camp here, not too far, just about a good half a day, and uh, that's where we were going. Well, you know what, it's just the luckiest thing, we're actually heading right over there. Perhaps you can, you know, come along with us, you can give us a bit of guidance. Uh, I'd really rather not, I can tell you where it's at, but I would rather not uh, join you. If you will, I almost died from you folk, and uh, and at this point, Lance, actually way before this point, I apologize, you would have come up only being 30, maybe 60 feet away from this whole conversation, and he, he looks at you as you approach, and, and so I really just really appreciate just being let go so I can go on my way and uh, not die. You know, that's uh, a little bit of a problem with that. Lance, if this gentleman doesn't come along with us, what are his options? Well, um, his options are to lead the way, or we dispatch of him again, like I did the first time. And you saying it like the first time, he looks at the arrow on his side, looks at your bow, and goes, Oh, um, well, look, I, I don't know if I'll be much of use to you. I'm not really a part of the cult. So, I don't really have a lot of sway, or a lot of... Can't really throw my weight around a lot over there, and, uh... But I, I can give you clear, clear directions on where, where the cold, where the camp is, so... It it would be as if I were there, and we can just call it good? You know, I'm really just looking out for you here, my friend, giving you the opportunity to maybe join us for a bit... I can't control my friend with the daggers here. I've tried, but he has a mind of his own. So I'm just trying to give you the best opportunity that's going to maybe make you survive. Oh, um, well, I suppose if I, um, (laughs) not being given much of a choice here, well, I uh, suppose I would be pleased to lead you to Fleeple sidebar, if you will, over here. Oh, yes, of course. We'll, we'll be right back. Mal will stand guard over him with her arms folded. Uh, Fleeple, um, I don't think it's wise for us to bring him. I think that he's just a liability. We already know where we're going. And I honestly think we should just kill him like I did the first time. Mm, yeah, this is exactly what I was talking to him about. Um... I, I, I don't see... I know what you're offering him, but I don't see the value he gives us. If anything, he could escape and warn them that we're coming. Mm, that is that is a good point. Mm. And we there are other kobolds that are still back at where they were camping, according to what Mal said. Well, that's true, but they should all die. Well, yet... Philippa, why do you think they should die, but not him? Well, you see, there's this thing about my kind. It's it's tricky. It's mired in, you know, centuries, possibly millennia of, 
you know, acting in the service of, you know, one of the evilest entities to ever exist in the greater planar cosmology. And, you know, occasionally one of us will find a bit of the light, but these ones have proven pretty well that they're not of the same sort of persuasion as I am by, you know, allying themselves with Tiamat, destroying innocent people and their livelihoods, that kind of thing. Wasn't this human doing the exact same thing? Well, yes, that's... Here's, here's, here's what I am all about. People, you judge them by what they do, not necessarily by what they are. You know, it's easy for people to look at a kobold and say, oh, evil, evil, destroy, 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 and I know it sounds like that's what I'm doing, but I'm looking more at the merits of these individuals. These, you know, they're allied with Tiamat. They're the people who went and tried to destroy Greenest. They've already proven that they got bad stuff going on, bad juju inside that dome, you know? Okay. Well, he, he's trying to, you know, make a deal with us. But wouldn't one of the kobolds try and make a deal? I'm just, I'm just, I'm not seeing, I don't want this to get into a philosophical argument. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just, I'm just confused by, by who you're letting live and who you're letting die. Okay, here's... Let's give this a little try. We'll go, we'll find the kobolds, we'll keep one of them alive, and we'll try and make a deal with the kobold and see what it does. Well, that's the thing, Fleeple. I don't think we need to make a deal with any of them. I think we can just find it on our own. Sorry, I'm just... I'm just... I'm not seeing the benefit. You know what? I'm not sure I am either anymore. Let's... This is... This is getting too confusing. Let, do you want to kill him or should I kill him? That, that's the answer to all uh, deep uh, theological theological discussions just uh it's just uh you know what too deep uh should they die <laughs> yeah yeah well lance is uh he's making fleeple consider things that he hasn't considered before and suddenly he's faced with these psychological questions and he's like holy cow i don't have the answer to this and i'm very uncomfortable let's just get rid of the problem and that'll fix everything uh well let's let's have all three of us agree and then we'll we'll go from there yeah Surprise, surprise for our audience, Fleeple doesn't actually know what he's doing. <laughs> Lance, yeah, Lance will turn to Mal and go, Mal, um, here, uh, Fleeple, I'll, I'll talk to Mal. You guard him for a second. All right. And I tag out Mal like we're in the middle school basketball game or something. Mal? Yes? Come here, if you will. Uh, I'm not seeing... Okay, first off, I'm a little concerned about Fleeple's morals. Um, just now. After after everything that's been happening, you're just... Well, it now? felt like he knew what he was doing, but now he, I don't think he knows what he's doing. Sorry, I just imagine Fleeple at this point just nervous sweat just coming out of his scales. <laughs> yeah. You know dragons don't... Can't sweat, just looking but... at this human's throat like, should I? Should I? Anybody? Anybody? <laughs> Fleeple's staring at this guy, and he's like, every other second, he's like, I'm going to talk to him. No, no, don't talk to him. I'm going to, I'm going to disembowel him. No, should I, should I play a game of cards with him or something? He's, <laughs> Fleeple is just, he just has absolutely no idea what to do right now. All the while, his hands are just slowly raising into the air. What do I do with my hands? What do I do with them? <laughs> so, anyway, Mal, I don't see the benefit of keeping this this fellow alive and um interestingly enough you're the most moral person right now in the group so i think we i think we should kill him because i see no benefit i only see risk well he's he's tied up 
on the ground and like an inch from death, he could give us scout reports. He could give us, tell us where the prisoners are, how many prisoners there are. I think he's told us everything that he's got. He doesn't know anything. anything. He hasn't about what he's got. What I heard was he hasn't made it back to the camp yet, so he doesn't know anything about the camp. And so taking him along with us is literally just, a, in my mind, a liability. We let him lead us. He could escape and and then warn them. At this point, the, the cultist goes, Ah, I actually know quite a bit about the camp. You just uh, haven't asked me anything. Wait, I thought he said he hadn't been back yet. Oh, no, he hasn't been back yet. But they were there before they came and attacked Greeners. <laughs> that makes so much more sense why you were so confused. Because I was like... We haven't asked him anything yet. Well, it just felt like it felt like everything was being said. He was just like, oh, I don't know anything. So, you know, we haven't been back. We got lost. So I'm just a little sheep. He was just trying to get out of there. If, if he could find a quick way to duck out, then yeah. But I had him roll a perception check to see if he could overhear this. And he's like, oh, actually, I know quite a bit. Um, I was there before Greenest. So if you please don't kill me. I lean down to him and I'm like, they probably should have moved a bit further away, shouldn't they have? Uh, well... Yeah, I mean, I've got pretty good ears, too, so... It's like, uh... 2020 hearing. Ha 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 ha. You like cheese? I'm j- Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the important stuff. Uh, he... He seems pretty nervous. I think that we could intimidate him into some information. And then, depending on the information, maybe we... I'm gonna be full honest with you right now, Mel. They found us because of me. It wasn't me? It wasn't you. It was me. I snuck away, and I think they followed me back. And I know I did something that I told you not to do, and I don't want any more liability happening, because I almost killed us if Leeple wouldn't have noticed that. And I don't want to be responsible, and I don't want this to be responsible for getting us in trouble. I just, I don't, I... I went against my own advice, and it's advice that I that I have told myself that I have to follow, and I I just don't want us dying over some stupid mistake that we thought we were okay with something, or we thought we were safe when we're not. At this point, Lance, before Mal can respond, you hear in your own mind just somebody responding, a woman's voice speaking to you, saying, We all can learn from ourselves. What? What? What'd you say? What? Well, I was just saying that I think that I agree with your liability, but I no, feel no, like no, no, no. You said something else. You said something else. What did you say? I'm. What? I'm telling you what I was saying. I was saying that maybe we should keep this guy alive and just. Are you okay? Uh. Do you hear something? And now we'll look around nervously. I just um, I just want us to be safe. You you take the lead on this. I need a I need to back off. And I'll just walk away a little bit. Hey, wait, 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 wait. I'll grab his arm before he can walk away. Why don't we interrogate him really quick, take a quick walk around, use your sneakies, and make sure the kobolds didn't follow you back. Don't go too far, but give us a perimeter. Yes, I will do that. that yes, that's a good That's a good job to be safe, yes. She'll let his arm go and back, go back to Fleeple. I've, I've got some Gruyere. I've got some uh, Pecorino Romano. And this is all he took from the inn, too. He just hoarded cheese. Bevan was a cheese connoisseur, and that is just years of work that Fleeple stole. Uh, the only truly good thing about that man. Many people have wine cellars. 
He had a cheese cellar. Yeah, that's why his that's why his alcohol wasn't um, very good at that first uh, episode. Um, a cheese drawer. Oh, excuse me, I forgot you were married to Heather. <laughs> <laughs> My wife does love her cheeses. Yeah. Oh, Kelly Kelly has spawned off of that for sure. <laughs> She always like whenever we get a good cheese, she always like cuts it. And she's like, mm, "This is like, this is something me and Heather would have craved in college." <laughs> well, as you're shoving cheeses into this man's face, very Grinch style, Mal, you come up and Lance, you break off to go scout for the Cobalts, correct? Yes. So let's just roll for Lance here. Sneak or what am I doing here? depends if do you want to just i am sneaking because i don't want to alert them yeah but uh i also need probably perception too because i'm watching out for them yeah so go ahead and roll your stealth first here which i believe you get advantage due to your boots 14 okay and now uh go ahead and roll a perception check as well okay holy that was one you know what i'm gonna use my inspiration dice Remember ring inspiration. Yeah, I've held on to that for a while, and I know I should have maybe used it like in a crucial battle, but <laughs> I but I felt like I felt like I was being a little too hoardy with it. So I will try it with this, and that is perception. Uh, not the best, but eleven. Eleven. Okay. So as you stealth, and it does take you a little bit of time because, like I said, it was about a quarter mile away, and uh, you are super trying to make sure intently that you are not going to be seen this time around so you sink down to the ground almost crawl at points and the moon is still high in the sky it's shining and reflecting everywhere it's pretty clear it's a pretty clear night occasional clouds but not much and so as you slink towards the location where the kobolds were you find the camp completely deserted you find that there is still the fire pit that the humanoids were around, but it's been kicked out, put out, and you see the four, the two humans, the half-orc, and the elven belongings here. But you go over to where the kobolds were, and other than some matted-down grass, some scraps of food quickly discarded, it appears that there's no sign of them. Can I try and see like tracks or where they were going if i could see which direction they took off in you'd act you certainly can let's do that after we get back from mal and fleeple fleeple is uh gingerly or forcefully f- feeding cheese to this individual ah uh, the manchego you like that one huh this one pretty good the human became kermit yeah, i prefer more of the uh fly-infested cheese, Miss Piggy. Mal will gingerly pull Fleeple back and just quietly tell him that Lance went, what Lance was doing. And then she'll squat down next to this individual say, uh, you're, you're from the, the uh, cultist camp? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm from the cultist camp. I've been there uh, for about six months now, so... Um. Has the camp always been in the same place for the past six months? Or have you guys been moving around? Mickey, go ahead and roll me a persuasion or some sort of charisma check here. Sure. Because I got that. 
Persuasion? Non-natural 20. Okay. Well, well, we've, since I joined up uh, six months ago, we've just been in this one location, and um, camp had been set up a little bit before then, um, and uh, it's grown quite a bit since I've joined, which is great. Uh, I mean, I'm, I mean, not, <clears throat> not great, uh, but, um, you know, just... My question is, have you been there for the past six months, or have you been moving around? No, we have not been moving around. We've been making um, raids. There have been raids on smaller, like, farm farm developments. Uh, but Greenest is the biggest place that we hit. Um, so your encampment is a base where you guys have been stationed for six months or more. Yes, yes, it is. It is. Um, uh, not everybody goes out at the same time either, and some people stay behind. And Do you have scouts out around? Yeah, I mean, we have scouts. We have... We have uh, people who are making sure that we're not being sneaked up upon, and uh, we have people getting food as well to kind of to feed our um, our camp. It's uh, actually a pretty difficult job to make sure everybody gets fed every day. So, yeah, I mean, we have people out and about, but no, nobody really goes out very far unless we're going on a raid. So, do you do scouts all day and all night, or just during the night? Honestly, I I don't know the full details of the scouts. I know at night we're on really high alert, but uh, during the day there's people are kind of coming and going a lot, so um, especially after a raid, and um, stragglers are not uncommon, so um, it's uh, it'd be foolish to not have scouts during the day. But uh, How do you gain new recruits to the cult? Oh, well, we have recruiters that uh, go out mainly in... I actually was uh, in uh, Baldur's Gate, <laughs> and um, when I came across a recruiter, um, she was quite persuasive and um, definitely didn't hide that she was uh, recruiting for the cult either, so uh, it seemed like a good direction for me. I was uh, either going to be um, in prison or dead in Baldur's Gate, as you might be aware of that city. So, um, this seemed like a good, uh, uh, long-term option for me, and here I am. Do you have to come into camp with a recruiter, or how do you gain access to your camp? Just the symbol? Just your cloak? I mean, when I got to camp for the first time, it was just, uh, I just had a writ that came, but, uh, some people, that was just to make sure that I wasn't, uh, immediately put on dishwasher duty, you know, I, that was something I worked out with my recruiter, and, uh, but, I mean, we have people walking into camp every so often, and trying to prove themselves, and, uh... How do you mean prove yourself? Well, I, I told you I don't have a lot of weight in camp, and that's because I'm not, I'm not technically an initiate of the cult yet. I'm so to speak, an apprentice, or in training. There's a, a level of proving that you have to do before you actually become a dragon claw, as they call it. It, it takes a while to become a, a dragon claw, and to be truly part of the ranks, and there is a proving period, and you have to impress either the leader of the camp or a higher a higher dragon claw or a dragon fang or 
before you are um, allowed to be given your official garb and things like that, so... I have a very important question I want you to think very hard about before you give me your answer. Are prisoners taken from the raids? Yes, they are. Where are they kept in your camp? Mal, on the ground right in front of him, Mal will take a finger and draw a circle. She doesn't know what camp the camp necessarily looks like. And then we're south of it, right? Uh, You are north of the camp. Okay, so north of the camp, just a little bit. I'll just draw an X. We're up here. Here's your camp. Where in camp do they hold the prisoners? Um, during the day or during the night? That is an excellent question. During the day. The prisoners are put on, um, some of the more menial jobs during the day, and they're usually under guard, and so they're, they can be all about the camp. Um... But typically, and uh, he is tied up, but he gestures um, if uh, near the mouth of the the mouth of the camp, if you will, where most of the um, lesser folk live, they perform services. They uh, stay there. They live there, and uh, under night, that's where most of them are held as well. Mondath, however, uh, she sometimes keeps certain prisoners uh, closer to the um, the wall of our camp, which is in the back, uh, for special treatment, as she calls it. So, um... Fleeple, as we've been talking, is there anything else that you have thought of? Any question that you might like to ask? <laughs> and I lean in really close to Mal and I say... I just don't know if we can kill this guy now that we know all about his life story. That wasn't my question. That what? Oh, Fleep, Fleeful. And she'll just lean real, like like a child, put her little her hands on his little shoulders. Fleeful, is there a question you would like to ask him about the cultist camp? Hmm. I feel like there should be. Well, while you think about that, Lance, let's go back to you. Uh, Lance, you would like to try and track where these kobolds went, correct? All right. Yes, I'm tracking. I'm tracking the kobolds. Okay, so go ahead and roll me a survival check. Survival. I'm suddenly feeling very survivaly. Yeah, from the previous day, you should have that. I still have it as an ability. Great. Go ahead and roll for a survival check. Man, my rolls are terrible tonight. Um, that's a that's a, that's a five. Yeah, not good. So yeah, I rolled a five. I rolled a five. So, in the moonlight, it's pretty clear the area around you. But similar to what you've been feeling in the past 24 or 36 hours here, you are unnerved, particularly at what Mal had said earlier, or what you feel Mal had said. But you're looking in the grass, you're trying to find a direction, and all you can tell is that the kobolds left in a hurry. That was pretty much all you can get. Uh, I'm going to go over to the bags that from the four humanoids had left behind their personal belongings. And I want to just look through and, and like, you know, search for anything. Great. Roll me an investigation check. All right. Come on. That's sucky rolls all night. Hey, that's butter. That is a 21. So Lance, as you are rifling through their bags, their sleeping bags, not a whole lot of things that are of value here. Some of them just seem to be some personal effects. For instance, you find a letter written in human script or common script, if you will. You find 
five silver amongst everything there. You find a glass eye in a bag that is not well packed. It just kind of looks like it was thrown in there. And you're curious how it didn't break up to this point. And you find a box. You just find a wooden box. It's pretty unornamented. Can I... Like, is there a lock on it? Uh, there's a latch, but it's not locked necessarily. Uh, just because I want to be careful, can I check for traps? Uh, sure. Natural 20. No traps on this one. I'll open it. Okay. As you open it up, there seems to be an unusual sight here. You find a creature inside of this box. And mind you, this isn't bigger. It's about the size of your hand, right? So as you open it up, you see a wriggling worm in it. I'll close it really fast. Okay. Interesting. A worm? What the crap? Um, I will close the box, make sure it's like latched properly. Even maybe like take a bit of string that I have. I don't know, somewhere, or like, you know, just like cut off, or like, you know, fi- even like cut off a little piece of like the, whatever is around camp to make a piece of string. And I'll cut that off and I will tie it around, you know, just around the latch just to make sure it's very secure. Because that seems really weird to keep a worm in a box unless something's really weird about it. And I will head back to the group. Oh, and I'll also, while I'm heading back, I'll read the letter if there's any pertinent information that could be helpful to us. Okay, it's kind of hard to read it in the moonlight, even though a lot of things are illuminated. Um, But you've got dark vision, so yeah, you should be able to read it. Um, That's fine. We'll get to that later. Okay, box with worm. Adding that to inventory. Yeah, I've seen enough sci-fi to know what's going to happen if we let this thing get inside somebody's head. (laughs) Mal, Fleeple. Mal, you've just asked Fleeple if there's anything that he would like to ask about the camp. Fleeple, anything? Three things. The blue dragon, Lenathon. Have you seen it? Was that its name? Oh, um, no, I've, I've never seen that dragon uh, in camp, but... And as you are staring at this individual's eyes, um, they get like a distant look and um, their pupils dilate a little bit and they say, but that dragon was... That was a, that was a, a majestic sight, don't you think? I mean, that was... To see something with that much power and that... Just the intensity of it, I... That was... I'm sorry. No, I've never seen... Uh, I've never seen that dragon before in my life. I feel like this warrants an insight check. Uh, go ahead and roll an insight check. Yeah, I'm gonna give myself guidance on that. <laughs> As you mutter unto yourself while he's saying this. Oh, sure, sure, sure. That's going to be a 17. 17? Okay. A couple things that you you notice. Uh, this individual is... You're really giving him a once-over here, and... As you've had more time to observe them during this interrogation, they do seem quite weak, quite frail, and they don't seem to have any sort of strength that is quite obvious to you. But what you do tell just from this comment in particular that this individual is um, uh, really moved by the image of this dragon that they were able to see. And although this person was feigning, not necessarily feigning, but was, oh trying to get out of this situation and is giving up this information, it does appear that their their drive or their... There was a reason they joined a, the Cult of the Dragon, if that makes sense. They, it wasn't just something to do. It was... Something did call them to this. Does this uh, sort of 
sense of devotion and worship remind me of any of the attitudes that I would see in the other kobolds back in my clan? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely would. That sort of devotion. Uh, where in your clan, there was there were some that were blindly obedient. There were those in the upper leadership of your cult that were devout, if you will. And that sort of devout, that the devoutness you can see in this individual as well. So you can see the poisoning of his mind to want to give of themselves and to be a part of this journey with these chromatic dragons. Hmm. So I get kind of a knot in my stomach as I sort of remember those feelings from back before I left the clan. I kind of go, all right, dragon doesn't show up at the camp much. Second thing, we're looking for a traveling monk, a scholar by the name of Leo Sin. Is there any chance that you've met this individual? Is he part of the cult or... Um, is he a member, or...? We believe he was taken prisoner by the cult. Oh, well, if, um, was he... If he was, uh, taken before Greenest, uh, I... I, I, I don't... I don't remember seeing anybody like that, but, uh... If they were taken at Greenest, I... Like I said, I haven't been back to camp, uh... Yet, but, um, it's possible that, um, they could have been taken in Greenest. Hmm. All right, that's the only important NPC that I know about who might be a prisoner at this location. The third thing, I don't remember if it's Fleeple or Mal who has that metal pendant that we found, um, the one that had sort of the winged serpent on it. I do. Malamara, show our friend that pendant he found where your caravan went missing. Uh, she'll kind of reach around and, oh, oh, here it is in my pouch, pull open the pouch and hand it to Fleeple. Does this mean anything to you? Have you seen this symbol? Remind me real quick. I've got a couple pendants floating around. Uh, do we have a a little bit more of a description on this? What I have written down, yeah, it was a medallion of a quote-unquote winged snake found in the greener's field under the caravan. Oh, okay, okay. Are these the pendants of the cult or just the one Mal found specifically? No, it's the one that I found under my caravan where they were. Because, yeah, all of the dragon pendants are kind of that sort of triangular gemstone thing. Um, as you as you show this pendant to this individual, they're squinting at it, they look at it a little bit close and go, I, nothing seems to come to my mind right now. I, I'm sorry. I, I know we have a lot of pendants in our cult, but that doesn't look like one, necessarily. Oh, I mean, you're telling me. And I pull out both of the other cultist pendants that I've collected. And he, t- sharp intake of breath, and just stops talking for a little bit. And he's just staring wide-eyed at both of those pendants. Do these pendants mean something different to you? <clears throat> uh, different in what way? Well, you seemed rather shocked, or perhaps maybe surprised to see these. Most of the cultists that we've run into currently have these. Do you not have one of these? Well, I, uh, I mentioned before, I'm trying to get into the cults and, uh, just looks like uh, you've taken out some actual cultists. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, the one who had this pendant. I pull out the one that I got from uh, the individual who's leading the raid outside the temple, and I pull it out, this double-chained pendant with a blue stone 
very fancy looking, presumably very official looking. Yes, the individual who had this pendant went down pretty hard, but went down in the end regardless. Oh, um, well, it's nice to know exactly who I'm dealing with here. <laughs> and it's nice to know exactly who I'm dealing with. And I lean in close and I pull out my holy symbol of Bahamut and hold out in front of me as I get up in his face and I say he immediately starts to try to get away from that symbol a little bit like it's obviously not going to do damage to him but he just doesn't want to be near it ah yes we see how it is we see exactly how it is and I just don't say anything else I put my pendant back and I go a little bit a ways off and sit down on a rock and just stare at him at this time, Lance, you'll probably have been made your way back to the group at this point. I will approach. And wait, so Fleeple has walked away? I imagine not too terribly far, right? Just a little bit. Yeah, as he comes back towards uh, where we originally were, I'm sitting on a rock and I've got a little scroll that I have unrolled on my lap that I'm just kind of staring at. I'll walk up to Fleeple and I'll just be like, uh, looks like the cobalt you were so eager to kill have run away fairly quickly. I don't know if they know we were here or not, but they are gone and what what, 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 are, we, what are you reading there? Uh, you, I don't know if Lance can read Draconic, uh, but that's the language that this scroll is written in. It's kind of a shaky handwriting. There's not a lot of writing on it, just a couple simple phrases. And I roll it up quickly and I go, oh, just a little prayer that I keep in my heart. Could I have caught any of that? It sounded like there were fragments of it, but I'll, I'll have you roll a perception check. It'll be a low DC, though. Okay, that's a perception. 14. Yeah, so that should be enough to pick up probably one of the phrases or a sentence in there. Uh, Fleeple, if you wanted to, or Ned, if you'd like to share maybe one of the something that is on there for Jacob here. Yeah, so does Lance understand Draconic? Not previously, but somehow... The Draconic is transforming for him to be able to read. So, Lance, you recognize these words as a phrase which Fleeple has repeated fairly frequently, generally after he kills a kobold or someone affiliated with the dragon cult. He will recite the prayer, Bahamut Yothrasvim Klax, Lower Chikik Marsvir Vrak, which roughly translates to, Bahamut accept this holy offering as penance from a child of sin. Bahamut, child of sin. Sorry, I didn't... I don't, how did I... And I'll say that, like, because I don't know exactly off the top of my head, but you hear Lance repeat what he saw in Draconic, and then I'll just be like, wait, child of sin, I don't... What did I just say? I how did I... I'm sorry. Um... <laughs> just walk away <laughs> like really freaked out like how did that happen and at, at the exact moment that Lance goes off in one direction I jump off the rock and start going in the other direction so Mal you're left with this cultist by no no I, I'm walking I like I veer I'm sorry I should have said I veered away quickly to go to Mal and like I'm just like what the crap was that so s upon Lance's return Mal will grab the cultist uh, kind of by the back of his shirt or like his his cloak, whatever, um, and she'll pull him forward and lay him 
trying to describe how to this like lay him flat on the ground on his stomach so that his hands are tied behind him and his feet are tied and he can't move from that position. This really hurts. And she will walk toward Lance um, away from the guy. So yeah, Lance just walks up to Mal, but he's still like kind of like looking back toward like where Fleepa was and being like, um, so, uh, uh, I, 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 you okay tonight? What's, what's going on? Just, I, I think I need, I think I didn't get enough sleep. I, um, I, I, I did what you said. I scouted around and, um, I, uh, uh, the, 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 the kobolds are gone and I don't know exactly where they took off to. I imagine back to their camp. Um, I went through some of the belongings that were left and I have a question for our cultist friend here. Okay. Um, and he'll just look back toward Fleeple again or where Fleeple went off to and be like, yes, okay, yes, okay. And he'll walk toward the cultist. Mal will accompany him. Hi there. Hi. Um, mm-hmm. I'm having kind of a rough night. Ah, uh, so I need you to answer quite honestly. I would, I was very much advocating to slit your throat. So if you could give me a very honest answer, you might be able to avoid that. What is this? And I hold up the box. Um... That? Oh. Um, I, I, I don't know. Am I supposed to know this? It was found in your camp, and there's a worm in it, and I'm wondering what it is. I could put it on your face if you'd like, but I would oh, much no, before you don't. tell I me. Oh, um, I, I, I don't. I've never seen it before. I don't know. Uh, oh, by the way, did I read anything in that letter? Oh, yes. As you were reading the letter, it was um, a letter from... Uh, one of the individual's mother. The human, or was it the elf? It was the other human, yes. The other human who died. Okay. Okay. Saying to the effect of, like, uh, so glad you're at the academy. Can't wait to hear about all of the magic you've been learning. Um, your father and I couldn't be prouder. Please try to come home for for the fall harvest or whatever so okay just like a casual letter cool okay well you of no use to me and i will stand up <laughs> i might have a plan let's grab fleeple and we'll leave this cultist right here i want to i want to know what you guys think about this plan before we do anything else with the cultist well we should watch him i agree so let's go over by that rock or you can go grab fleeple whatever I just want to. I want to walk through the specifics of this plan, and then see what we want to do. I'll, I will go get Fleeple then. Mal will wait by the rock, and through this whole conversation, I would like to keep an eye on the cultist, just making sure that his hands aren't trying to cut himself out, or like watch his hands specifically for him trying to escape with his hands. Uh, I, I rolled really well to tie him up, so I don't think you'll need to worry about that. Wasn't it like a seven or something? I'm not gonna. I'm not going to incriminate myself. Anyway, so yeah, so like my sp- the reason I put him on his stomach was that he couldn't try and like lean down and try and untie his legs easily. So if he got his hands out, his legs would still be tight. So that's what Mal's watching for is any sign of that. Got it. For the sake of brevity, you all come together uh, with the cultists in eyesight. So you're you're all brought together. Okay, I have a plan, and it might be really crazy, but I want to know what you guys think about it. Or if you have other suggestions, that would be great. So this guy was talking about dragon claws and initiates and people 
coming to and being recruited by the cult, what if we pretended to be that? What if we tried to be cultists and then we get to walk into camp, we see where the scouts are, we see where the slaves are, we see, we could maybe try and ask around for the monk or maybe uh, Ardina's dad, maybe find the people we're looking for without running in guns blazing because he said that that's their HQ and I have a feeling that's going to be, I thought that was going to be like 20 people and maybe we just like sneak in and sneak out, but it sounds like this is a big operation. I I think that that is a um, a good a good thought. My only concern is bringing him along because as soon as we enter that camp with him, he could just say, "Oh my gosh, they captured me and killed us all!" And oh my gosh, and then we're screwed anyway. So I am again under the impression that it's better to get rid of him. Yes, that's why we don't bring him along. I don't think that we should bring him along. But I wanted to ask you guys first if you thought that impersonating cultists might be a way that we wanted to try this. Uh, That's what, if you can recall, that's what I originally proposed at the temple until you kicked in the door. (laughs) I don't mean to... I'm sorry. I don't mean to hop on you. Uh, That was just... I think that's a good idea. And it was what we were originally going to do. And I think that'd be a good idea to try again without kicking in the door. And Fleeple, who's just been staring at... He's just been staring daggers at the cultist this entire time. is like, become the enemy to destroy the enemy. I suppose we can work with that. Not not become. It's just to impersonate. We might be able to find out more information about Mondath, where the prisoners are at. And I did keep... I did keep the robe that I took off that archer. Well, Mal will gesture out with her hand. We have plenty of robes here now. Well, one of them has a hole through it, and the other one has been charred by a moonbeam. But there is the one that I shot. Yes, so there might be one that's intact. That's true. Is this crazy? Is this crazy to try and do this? I I think it's a better plan than us either charging in or trying to sneak in and being at a full HQ. All of you, at this time, uh, at the corner of your eye, you see the cultist is trying to inchworm away. Just slowly, like, doing this awkward roll and trying to get its feet underneath itself to where he can maybe push himself up. And uh, he doesn't seem to be (laughs) noticed that you've noticed, but he's just... We don't need him anymore. I feel like he is a liability. Give me a second, and I'll walk over. I'll say, give me a second, come over, Fleeple. And I'll walk over and just kind of stand on him. Like, you know, put a foot on him. And I'll turn him over onto his back. And I'll lean down, and I have a knife. I'll take out the ceremonial dagger. Appropriate. And I'll put it to his throat. And say, a couple more questions for you. When you were in Greenest, did you kill anybody? Be honest. No. No, I didn't. Insight check. Go ahead and roll. Oh, it's not great. That's eight. From what you can gather, the only emotion that this person is portraying is just absolute terror and fear. And so it's hard to gauge if they're being truthful right now or not. No, I swear I was just trying in charge of making sure the kobolds didn't go crazy and trying to find gold. But you were okay with them killing everybody. 
I, I didn't want to kill anybody, no. And I'll just look at Fleeple, kind of like, with a, with a look on my face, like, what should we, what do you want to do? You could just let me go. I, I don't have to go back. I could go to another camp, not this one, and, um, I, I could just, uh, be on my way. Mal will decidedly look away. I'm looking at Fleeple, like, kind of like a, kind of like, what do we do? And I just look Lance directly in the eyes, and I say, and I cast Produce Flame on the cultist. All right. Without needing to cast their stationary, Lance is there. The flame has been cast, and this individual immediately goes up into flame. I will stab him quickly so that, that it will be a quicker death, but it is happening. Yeah. And the cultist is no more. Another sacrifice to Bahamut for a child of sin. All right, well. I'll just turn to Fleeple and Mal and I'll just be like, I like I like to be pragmatic about things. Um, I did feel like we needed to kill him. He was too much of a liability. And from what I could gather, he was too much of an acolyte to this idea. But I don't want to be morbid either. And I know sometimes I can go extreme. Fleeple, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to question your, your moral compass about things I we need to be careful we need to be we need to be careful about liabilities but we also need to be careful that we don't go crazy <laughs> and in response to that I am not looking at either of them and I say I am Tiathar the spawn of Tiamat it is in my scales I was born to be a servant of evil and I was surrounded by it for most of my life but I don't want to be anymore. I support you in that. Mal? Malamar? Mal will remain completely silent with her back to the cultist on fire. And just um, holding the cloak just very tightly around her with the fire at her back. Mal, do you have anything to add? You... You said those... Um, you said those kobolds left, so we should probably go find them. Let's uh, get some disguises and and let's go. Alright. Um, I know that there's a cultist with a robe somewhere over here. I just I think it was a good idea that we killed him. I just Fleeple, and I'll just turn to Fleeple and I'll just Fleeple, I, this cult that we're after causes pain. We don't need to do the same things they do. And I kind of just abruptly walk over to Lance and put my arms around his leg, still not looking up at him. And I just say, thanks for not leaving. Oh, you know, you have all the cheese, so... He didn't eat all the manchego. We've still got some left. Oh, good. I, I wanted some of that on bread later. So, all right. As Mal walks past the pair, she'll just touch Fleeple lightly and say, thank you for telling us. And she'll go find a robe. All right. So mechanics-wise, I just wanted to ask, are you wanting to finish your long rest or set off immediately? I know I've finished a long rest because of my little four-hour cool elf thing. But so does everyone else need to rest for a little bit longer to get it? I would prefer to go follow the cobalt, see if we could pick up on the cobalt scent and see where they went and then maybe camp outside of the other camp 
and then go in fully rested rather than stay here and try and do that in the light and let the kobolds get a head start. I've only used up two spell slots, so I'm good with just a short rest. Yeah, and I'm good too. Because that would that pretty much what it would be for everybody but Lance is a short rest. If you were to go without another night's rest, you'd probably get another point of exhaustion as well. But uh, since most of you got a decent amount of rest, we'll, we'll go with it from there. So, okay. Well, if you needed to roll hit dice, I don't think anybody had to. I, so, I do not. Um, that's pretty much it. So you can get on the road again after getting some of the robes. So who would like to lead the tracking of the kobolds? I can at least I have some stuff in survival. And Lance, are you keeping... That's a good question. No. No. Uh, if we're short resting, I am... All of a sudden, kind of the, the naturalness that Lance feels in the forest all of a sudden kind of leaves him, and he feels a little bit of a stranger again to this whole idea. He felt like he was perfectly at home, and now he's feeling a little like, oh, trees, bugs. I have a box with a worm in it. And... I'm going to actually feel a little bit more... So if we're impersonating, this is very meta, but if we're impersonating cultists, would that be more of a deception or a performance or a persuasion? It really just kind of depends on how you approach that conversation. I could see all three being very possible. Not even conversations, just like walking into the camp, trying to blend in with cultists. Would that be deception or performance-ish? This is interesting. Yeah, with without discussing, without talking to anybody, it might have to be, it pro- I would probably say it'd have to be a performance. Yeah, Lance would very much avoid talking as much as he could. You're, you're becoming a character at that point of, you're not communicating with anybody, and as soon as your words come out of your mouth, that's when the intimidation or deception has to come in. But if you're just going about acting a part, then that would be a performance, so to speak. Okay. Lance will feel a little bit more of being able to put on a role. Sounds good. And now that we've got that, who would like to lead the tracking? I would. I'll cast Guidance on Mal. Great. So did we go back to where the kobolds were, like their camp? So you're, you're there, you're at home base, you're at uh, ground zero, so to speak, so that you can breathe it all in, get your bearings, try and track them here. So uh, go ahead and roll a survival check with a guidance roll added to that. Great. While she's doing that, if I could, I'm just going to like be like, hey, Fleeple, do you know about, just because it seems like you're a little bit more at home out here, do you know more about animals or like nature and just can you identify things easily out here are you are being do you know anything about animals and calling them out about as much as the next man uh do you know what this is and i'll untie the box when i saw the worm was it like super fast moving or was it like just like a little like a little grub like (laughs) i mean it was just a normal worm wriggling so to speak from what you could tell the quick Lance. I will open it up for like five seconds. And... All right. Thomas, what check would you say is most appropriate for trying to analyze this worm? I'd say a solid investigation check to start off first. Beautiful. I'm definitely going to get myself guidance on that. And I would, can I help him in some way? Like, yeah. just in talking about the features? Like, you see that? that those little lines on him? Mm. Well, that's going to be a 14. 14. 
Fleeple, as you really peer your face down and Lance seems to be pointing out some of the things that he noticed when he looked into it, a couple things to note. This worm seems to be strapped into the box. There's like a little, almost like a latch. Not a warning sign at all. <laughs> and it's just like, it's just kind of wriggling a little bit as a move, move the box a little bit. And the really unusual part about this is on each end of the worm, there seems to be a little, almost like a paper mache little head attached to the end of each worm. Each side of the worm? Yeah, and the paper mache is a face of a humanoid. Wait, so there's paper attached to both ends of the worm that look like faces? Yeah. So kind of just a little sculpture of a head of sorts? Yeah, it just uh, it still allow, allows the worm to move back and forth, but the the paper has faces on it. And it's been put onto the worm? Yeah. This is so weird. Yeah, this is... I mean, yeah, this is really weirding me out. I don't, and so I'll close the box. Did I did I recognize either of the faces? Yeah, with one of them, one of them just seemed to be like a. Uh, one of the faces is uh, shaded green, and coming out of the mouth, there is uh, appears to be like two little tusks, and on the other side, it appears that the paper face uh, has ears that are more pointed. Oh gosh! Do you know what this is? Well, one of them's a, one of them's a half orc and one of them's an elf. What the hell? <laughs> this is one of those times I think I can say that. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. This is uh, they know who we are and. Uh, Did it look like is... us? No, not in particular. Well, and there was a half orc and an elf in that party too. This is weird. Thomas, what the crap are you giving us? I was wanting like a cool dagger or like some money and you gave us a worm with paper faces. Hey, you went looking. Uh, it's like it's like the the visual of the thermometer it's raising so high that it just bursts. That's what happened to Fleeple's paranoia gauge. I don't like should Fleeple, should I hang on to this or uh, well, I don't don't get rid of it. I don't, don't, don't want don't, to get it out into the world. Don't stop crying right now. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous too. <laughs> uh, I think we should keep this under wraps until we can figure out what to do with it. Should we take the faces off or what? Well, I don't want. If we take the faces off, or is one of you going to die? I don't. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't whatever know what to do. voodoo magic is going on here. Uh, I'll just. I'll, I'll, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right, Mal, what was that survival check? I'm relatching the box. Relatching the box. <laughs> Want to make it clear, this box is not getting opened. Tighter than ever before, I'm relatching that box. Oh, it's double knotted now. <laughs> Ain't no way that's getting out of there. Okay, so I did not make my survival check because while the boys were fascinated by what appears to be a box... Mal has had this feeling since she ran into her cloaked friend last night on her watch, this archaic symbol in her brain. And she knows that if she writes it on the ground, she'll be able to do something with it. So while they're distracted, I want to ritually cast Find Familiar. 
Okay. So how long does that take? I know it's like 10 minutes. Ritual cast is 10. It's just 10 minutes. Okay. Sounds good. So as the, the anxiety and the paranoia of this is dying down, you look over and Mal has carved this intricate glyph onto the ground. And just as you look over, she just smacks it with her hand and it just ignites and lights the surrounding area around you. And Mal, as the glyph dissipates, what do these two individuals see? Before you is a small pseudo dragon. It has blue-white scales and very, like, deep red eyes. I'm sorry. Um, I love... No, keep... I'm sorry. I just... No, love what, the, what, what? I love the picture of, like, Fleet Point Bay. Okay, let's close it. This is weird. This is weird. Oh! Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Mal is summoning dragons now. <laughs> Mal will... She's wearing a cloak. She rips her cloak back and you see all along her left arm are all these really dark, intricate, like tribal tattoos. And the familiar looks around and sees them and scurries up her arm and around her neck. I can't believe that works. Uh, Mal? Mal? What is that? (laughs) Um... How do I even explain this? Um, Fleeple, Lance, I want you to meet. Uh, she'll gesture to the dragon on her he- her shoulder. This is Zaza. My uh, tribe, We I grew up uh, hunting with dragons. That's... You didn't think about bringing that up till now? I couldn't do it until now. I didn't know that I could do this till now. But now I can. Look at this guy. He's a, and I like scratch him under his little chin. And uh, you hear this ginormous, uh, it's not ginormous actually, uh, this pseudo dragon uh, just start to purr. And with the pseudo dragon, for anybody who doesn't know, it, the tail is pretty normal when you think of a normal dragon. But at the end of the tail, there's this gigantic, almost like ball with a giant spike coming out of it as well. And the, the ridges on the back of the dragon are pretty sharp spines as well. But the dragon looks at all of you and just. My, my family, we would use these to hunt for us. Uh, I'm, I know other humans use hawks and dogs, but we used to use pseudo dragons. So I thought, I thought maybe if this would work, I'd let him try and find out where those kobolds went. Um, so now she'll give a series of whistles. The dragon will then rise off her shoulders and fly in the direction of the kobold's fleeing steps. Friend just flies away. This is the weirdest 48 hours of my life. You are not wrong. I can perceive through my familiar senses. So using the pseudo-dragon senses, can I also use that guidance? Sure, why not? Do a perception check uh, with guidance here. And you're going to be using your pseudo-dragon stats. 17. 17, okay. Fleeple, what if we fed the worm to the dragon? Who? Oh, maybe, maybe the dragon would turn into us. Maybe, ooh, this is... This is just weird. 
We need like a normal 24 hours just to chill. I feel like a lot's happening. <laughs> uh, Mal, you are totally aware of it's it's a strange sensation, but you tune in with your familiar, and as you do, your vision goes double. You see Lance and Fleeple right in front of you, but then immediately you also see just soaring the trees soaring above them and just weaving in and out weaving in and out and you hear the rushing of wind just brushing past you as if you were the one flying but you also hear Lance and Fleeple discussing about how strange the past 40 hours have been with your 17 you do see or your pseudo dragon sees movement in the trees and the kobolds are running as fast as they possibly can southeast i'll relay that to the other two and they seem to be quite a ways from you it's not necessarily close but they do have quite a uh, distance on you right now do they know that we're coming and they're going to warn or i don't think that they saw me i don't know if they saw you or just the humanoids saw you are they are they looking are they looking back are they like trying to check to see if we're following them is that apparent through what I can see? Would you like to... You'd have to have your pseudo dragon go closer towards them. Uh, go and roll me another perception check then with your pseudo dragon stats. Oh, it's critical fail. Aww. Straight up one. As your pseudo dragon goes down just closer and closer to the kobolds, they look up and they notice the pseudo dragon and they start yelling in draconic at it. Uh, some curses. The dracon- my the pseudo dragon understands draconic and can telepathically send me simple ideas, emotions, or images. The only thing that you get from your pseudo dragon is rude. <laughs> I can just see these cobalts. Ah, look at that thing! F you! What are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you see them like one of them getting like a bow and arrow, but another one just like hits the person getting a bow and arrow out and just and pointing towards southeast and they just begin their sprint again. It looks like they're just running. Well, if they're dead before they arrive, we don't have to worry about whether they saw us or not. Are you saying that we catch up to them and kill them? I thought that's what we were... I thought that's what you said. I mean, I'm all on board for it. I am too. Let's go. Uh, If we can, yeah, sure, let's go. And as we're running along, I'm in the rear, I pull out my spoon, and I pull out a tub that's just full of completely melted ice cream, and I just start shoveling it into my mouth anyway. I like that he brought ice cream. Like, that was gonna, that was gonna travel well. Where did that come from? <laughs> Came from Bevan's tavern. Look, Bevan got us this map! Like, we could just bring out anything. <laughs> 50 episodes from now, you're going to need some item, and Fleeple will be like, well, when I raided Bevan's Tavern. Uh, how do we get into this ninth circle of hell? Oh, look, Bevan brought me a little rock that says portal to the ninth circle of hell. <laughs> so as each of you start sprinting as fast as you can, Mal, your pseudo-dragon, keeping watch, keeping pace with them, all of you uh, leaving behind some new discoveries, leaving behind the pain that you had recently gone through. Some of you, Fleeple even, leaving behind some possible theological 
beliefs and discussions as well. And as you sprint as fast as you can, each of you keeping pace with each other, hoping to catch up to the kobolds before anything dangerous happens. That's where we're going in this week's episode of I Cast Fireball. Alright, didn't expect uh, Pseudo Dragon to come out this episode, but I'm glad it finally there did. There was a lot, a lot that came out this episode. Didn't expect to come out this episode, yeah. Fleeple's Crisis of Faith. <laughs> The fine, fine cheeses. Fine cheeses. Of, uh, that was the highlight. I think, I think the name for an episode could be like, like, <laughs> moral compasses and cheese drawers. <laughs> Something like that. Yes. Canon. You're not wrong. You're not Cannon. wrong. Canon. I'm typing it in right now. Oh, boy. Well, we'll see if uh, our adventurers catch up to the Cobalts next time on iCast Fireball. Thank you so much for listening to our episode this week. As always, we just are very appreciative of you for taking the time out of your day or having us help you go through the workday. And we just really are grateful that you are joining us for this adventure. If you like what we're doing, uh, want to hear more of it, please leave us a five-star review. As you know, it helps boost our ratings and gets our adventure out to more people who are looking for a worthwhile campaign. If you want to get in contact with us, uh, maybe say hi, um, ask a question, you can email us at iCastFireball2020 at gmail.com. All that's lowercase with 2020. Love to hear from you. Love to get the word out a little bit more about our podcast. Now, to get the most recent up-to-date content from all of us here, follow us on Instagram and Twitter using the handle iCastFireball20. There you can get possible sneak peeks of upcoming episodes, interesting insights from players and the Dungeon Master, and behind-the-scenes shots of us making this incredibly fun world. Now, we just want to give a quick shout-out to our sister podcast, Improv Tabletop, where our resident kobold, Ned, takes a turn as a GM and runs through many one-month adventures using the Fate-accelerated tabletop system. Now, whether you like tabletop games, improvisation, or hearing more from Ned, we recommend you go give him a listen. Thanks for listening. Um, as always, I'm Thomas, your DM, and we've got... Malamara. Lance Thalen. And Fleeple. Good night, everybody.